The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad. Pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger Basketball fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, Commercial Appeals Lead Sports Columnist. I am joined by Jason Munns, our Tiger basketball beat writer over at the Commercial Appeal. We are recording this on uh, Tuesday, September 21st. We are exactly, Jason, a week away from preseason practices beginning for the Memphis basketball team. This much ballyhooed, much anticipated Memphis basketball team. How good does it feel to be this close to the season? I sent an email earlier today to somebody uh, kind of a, like, and I made light of the, the fact that we are, uh, I don't know, I feel kind of whimsical about like, like kind of uh, like, you're excited. Like, well, no, like, like I'm a little bit sad. Not, I guess whimsical is not the right word, but like I'm a little bit uh, uh, melancholy. Maybe it's the weather today. I don't know. It's, it's uh, not uh, great weather outside uh, in our area today, but um, I'm I, yeah, I, I feel just a little bit um, sad that that this crazy, uh, insane ride that we've been on for the last six months is coming to an end. It, uh, but I do know I, I can take solace in the fact that the ride's not stopping, like the overall ride. It's just going to be a new part. It's going to be the next section of the ride. So that. What? Listen, Memphis won an off-season championship, probably for the second time in three years. Now they're going for the, you know, they're going for the the NCAA title. Now the quest, now the new journey begins. Yeah, one journey coming, ends, a new one begins. Yeah, coming off the NIT championship. Yes, that's they, true. They they win the they win the off-season champion, the recruiting championship. Uh, they, I guess I mean, can you say they won the? Uh, personnel, the coaching staff championship. I'm just going to say off-season. They're the off-season champion. They were the NIT champions. Then they were the off-season champions of college basketball. Going for three in a row here. We're going for the we're going for you know now an NCA title. I mean, it feels like uh, you know, these things come in threes. They say right. I know usually that's with death, but maybe with championships, that's the same. You know, maybe that's that's the case here. Um, yeah. We we got a lot to get to in today's podcast because we are only a week out. And probably the next time we'll join you, we will have seen or we will have had an official Memphis basketball practice. So wanted to start out, Jason, with you have an interesting story up with the new strength and conditioning coach for the Memphis men's basketball program and his comments about the roster. So we'll get into that. And then uh, want to talk about some different storylines that we're going to monitor as preseason practice and the preseason progresses. Um, storylines to keep an eye on with this team that is, you know, by most accounts, probably going to be top 10 type team in the preseason once the preseason polls come out here shortly. Um, so, but let's start first with your story on uh, the new strength and conditioning coach uh, for the men's basketball program, Rob Hornett. He takes over for Darby Rich. Uh, Rob was the strength and conditioning coach for St. Louis's basketball team, St. Louis University. Uh, also has NBA experience with the Golden State Warriors and um, I'm blanking on someone else. Pacers, I think, maybe. Yeah, he was he was an intern uh, with the Indiana Pacers right out of college. So relatively young guy, but also with some a pretty pretty good resume. 
Um, and you spoke to him. Um, and like, you know, it, I, I, I'm all for the, the, the strength and conditioning coach's story. I think it sounds like he's a really interesting guy. I was far more interested in what he was what he was saying about this roster. Um, if you have a subscription to the Commercial Appeal, and I suggest you get one, there's it's worth it. Um, you can check out all his comments, uh, Robs, on uh, on this roster. But wanted to run through some of what he said, Jason, and get your thoughts because you were, you know, you were part of this conversation. Um, get your, I guess, gut reaction to what Rob Hornett said about some of these players. Let's start with um, let's start with Jalen Duran because I thought this was the most interesting quote. Um, yeah. He said, this is what this is what Rob Hornett said. This is kind of his strength and conditioning coach evaluation of Jalen Duran. Quote, he's 6'11 with shoes and weighs 245 to 250 pounds. That's where he needs to be. I don't want him any bigger, especially with the style of player he is. He's not a traditional back-to-the-basket guy. He will get there faster than any of the freshmen, but he still has some foundational things to work on. My biggest example for him is when you saw Dwight Howard coming out of high school. Very similar body type. So my initial reaction is, holy cow, did we just get a Dwight Howard uh, uh, comparison? I'm in on that. What were what what do you make of what Rob Hornett said about Jalen Duran, Jason? Yeah, I mean, like it it. I'm going to start by reading you a text message that I got from our photographer Joe Rondoni, who was in the he was there in the room in the weight room with the players uh, uh, with Rob Hornett recently to get you know to get the visuals to go along with these stories and. Uh, he was like, there's one photo that he got of Jalen Duran and Amani Bates sort of looking over some, uh, some paperwork or, or, you know, some, some, I would assume, uh, numbers that, that, you know, that are, that, that are individualized and tailored for them. And, uh, the quote that, uh, the thing that Duran said while Joe was standing there, uh, was damn, I'm two fifty. I was just two thirty five. So wow, yeah. So that, like, are we? So are we talking weight gain? Is that muscle we think, or is that like he's enjoying the dorm food a little too much? No, 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 no. This is like this is like he's a freak. He he is the guy you want first off the bus, um, and he's <laughs> and and that is that is the that's like the impression that I get when I talk to people around the program is that he is solid as a rock. He's every bit of 6'10", 6'11", huge hands. Um, I mean, like, he's a freak. He's, he's, he is, you know, he's the guy that, like I said, he's the guy that you want to come off the bus first. Um, a lot of times the guy that you want coming off the bus first is not necessarily, you know, uh, doesn't necessarily have what it takes to back it up uh, sometimes. You know, you get that. You get that. That's sort of the stigma that's attached to first off the bus guys. But. Um, no, J- Jalen Duran is is uh, by all accounts um, living up to. I mean, like you, uh, Rob said, it. He's a Dwight Howard uh, body type, and uh, well, and I thought it was encouraging. We heard some knocks against him at Peach Jam. Like people, were like I don't know if he's as tall as he's listed. You know, he's more like six nine. And here you've got Rob Hornett saying he's six eleven with shoes, which which suggests he's like you know six ten ish. Um, yeah, yeah, which is. 
probably more important for his NBA stock than his stock as a college basketball player, but still, nonetheless, an encouraging quote about Jalen Duran. Um, it, it feels like Rob hadn't worked with Amani Bates that much because I, I believe Amani came in a little late. His only comment was, does everything very well, very coachable with an incredible work ethic. Um, but from what you understand, Amani's only been here about a week or so at this point, right? I mean, I don't know exactly how – I think he's been here longer, but I, based on my conversation with Rob, uh, the timing of my conversation with Rob, he had not yet – um, he had not yet worked with him in the weight room, uh, when we talked. So I had to circle back with him to, uh, to get, you know, to, to sort of catch up and get what, uh, feedback he had on Imani and, and it was via text message. And, and so it was a little bit shorter than some of the other guys. Uh, but I will say, um, the text message, uh, it doesn't reflect that in the, in the story. I edited a little bit of the punctuation, but the text message was very coachable exclamation point. And uh, does everything well with an incredible work ethic exclamation point. And I can say Rob is not uh, a huge fan of the exclamation point um, based on my limited uh, uh, text exchanges with him. He doesn't use exclamation points very, very often. So uh, well, I, I will say this, looking at the picture you referenced of Jalen Dern and Amani Bates, I will say this, Amani Bates he looks bigger than he does in some of these game films you watch of him from the spring and last winter. Um, his arms, maybe maybe we're catching him. You know, you know how at the end of a workout, in the middle of the workout, it looks a lot better than you know two hours after the workout when you're 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 swole as they say, months. But his arms look bigger than than I than I can when than when I would watch him as a basketball as a high school player where he looked like skin and bones at times. You can um, see some. You can see some definition peeking yeah. through. It's th- a little thicker, a little thicker. Yeah. So that that's yeah. good news. Um, let's read. How about uh, let's get your thoughts on. So I thought this was <laughs> this is kind of interesting. Um, I think the Earl Timberlake comment is something we we should we should look into here. Um, this is what Rob Hornett had to say about Earl Timberlake. Quote: Unbelievable person, hard worker, does everything you ask. He's going to be a special, special player. Moves well, knows how to move through space, strong as an ox. The part I would focus on is strong as an ox because I don't think you can be strong as an ox with a bum shoulder. That to me is a good sign that his shoulder maybe is, you know, like his shoulder might be in in pretty good shape after missing all of last year at Miami and, you know, from talking to people, there were some concerns long-term about that shoulder um, you know, because he didn't elect to get surgery, he went the rehab route. But I would, I, I would think you can't be strong as an ox without a good shoulder, right? I mean, unless of course he's talking about like lower body strength or yeah, uh, you know, something like that. That's true, oxes, you know, oxes pull stuff. They could, you know, yeah. But I don't know. They got I, ox. I don't know. I, I didn't. I, I, that's my fault. I did not ask a follow-up question. Uh, you know, I, I didn't ask if he meant upper body, lower body, what he meant. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's the that's the that's the thing on Earl Timberlake. A lot of that's you know he's he's uh, he's a bully out there on the court. They say they say that he 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 um, you know he's he's he creates mismatches with his strength and uh, but you know. He also said that he moves well and knows how to move through space. Um, I think that's what he means when he says he's going to be a special, special player because 
having that combination of strength and mobility, it's pretty, you know, that's, that's when you got something special. So yeah, uh, that's yeah. my take. No, it's, I mean, he's, he's a, he's an awesome defensive player and he can, he's a guy who can create with the ball in his hands. It is his, the one question mark with him when he's healthy is his shot. Like he hasn't shown a consistent outside jumper, um, but he's super versatile, especially defensively. Um, and he's, yeah, he's a, he's a, do- he's what they call a dog. Uh, I mean, when you watch him play, that's his style of play. And it, frankly, it's the type of player Penny loves. I mean, Penny loves that type of player. Um, it was interesting. Both Lawson's, I don't think this was a surprise. He said both Lawson's Chandler and Jonathan need to, uh, put on some weight. Uh, that was kind of his general thought process there. Um, I thought this was interesting. So Chandler Lawson is six foot eight and has a seven foot nine wingspan, which is just insane to think about. Like now anyone who's watched Chandler play, like he has long arms. I didn't know they were seven, nine long, but they're long arms. It's what makes him really interesting as a player because he's super versatile because of those arms. He can defend, he can make up for some of his foot speed on the perimeter, his lack of foot speed on the perimeter because those arms are so long. Kind of like Kyle Anderson, if you watch the Grizzlies. Um, but also it allows him to play inside because he's super long, even though he's skinny and six foot eight. Um, but he also said, this is Rob Bournette, quote, I feel bad for him when he's having to do full push-ups or pull-ups. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that, that was one of his better quotes, uh, uh, I thought, uh, because, yeah, like he, uh, he, he... Well, I kind of felt bad for Chandler that they put that out there. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, uh, Bob Chandler, like, oh, come on, Rob, come on, man. Well, I'm sure it's all in in good natured, yeah. in good natured ribbing. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I guess what he's saying is, if you took, if you took, you know, a picture of Chandler Lawson standing up straight, and then you took a picture of him, uh, with his arms stretched out side by side, and then you rotated the arm picture, his arms would be taller than he is. Yeah. Right. That's, yeah. I mean, like that's that's cr- and like significantly taller. Well, that's that's how I mean that's that's not it's not. I'd say this: it's an uncommon trait for normal people. It's not necessarily. I mean, that's uh, yeah. that's that's a lot of the great best basketball players. Like that's a trait. They, their more, arms are longer than their bodies, but more than a foot taller. I mean, yeah, like no, that's, no, that's 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 what's unusual. I mean, six yeah. foot eight height, seven foot nine wingspan. That is uh, definitely unusual and something that. Uh, Memphis can use to its benefit. Did you have another of the ones I haven't read so far, Jason? Did you have a favorite comment of a player? Yeah, I mean, I think I still think that Josh Minot's kind of getting lost in the shuffle here. Um, yeah. You, you want know, me to read like, the quote first and then you react? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, here's what here's what Rob Hornett said about Josh Minot. Quote: High flyer, very very ultra athletic. He's whoa, 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 whoa. He surprised me with his upper body strength. Um, very type A personality. I put him and Camden in the same boat, and because of that, I put them on opposite ends of the weight room. They're both very analytically driven. He's going to surprise a lot of people. I call him Bambi because he looks like a baby deer sometimes. We need to get a little weight on him. Yeah, you missed you missed one very. He had three varies ahead of ultra-athletic. Uh, oh yes, so he went very, very, very old. I don't know if I would put him in. I, I I watched Josh Minot in the spring at the Irish and Classic stuff. I think he's really. I think I agree with you totally. 
that he's kind of getting lost in the shuffle a little bit with all the excitement over Amani Bates and Jalen Duran and this roster and all that. And um, but I would not call him ultra athletic. I actually think I think he's more athletic than you thought he was. I think that is an accurate statement, and that was why he stood out in that Iverson Classic. But I think his strengths are more his length, his versatility, um, more like, yeah. I I view him as a good athlete. I don't know about ultra athletic, but you know, Rob's the expert. Right, right. Um, But yeah, no, I just I think I think that's to me, um, and we'll talk about this a little bit more later. But that's going to be one of the keys, I think, uh, uh, as we move toward the season is you know he's going to factor into what memphis does this year just how much is it going to be and how successful will he be and how how much will he force the issue i mean it's it's going to be that one's going to be really really intriguing i think well and i think frankly he's one you got to monitor just playing time wise because of the new transfer rules and stuff like he's a player who probably isn't going to be a starter this year but you know, could be a starter next year. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, because you're going to lose a decent amount of guys from this team, and so you want to make, you know, and you have. Listen, it's it. Some people don't want to hear it, but you got to keep that in mind. That you know what, if he doesn't, if things don't go the way he wants to, he can just leave. You know, and without penalty now. And so I'm not saying that means Penny needs to give him minutes just because of that, but I also think it means if you see some potential in him, you know, you got to be mindful of that. Um, and so, uh, that's an interesting dynamic in this new era of, uh, of college, uh, basketball and college sports in general. Um, I, I guess I'll give a little synopsis of the rest. He described, Rob Hornett described Lomax, Landers, Nolly, and Jaden Hardaway, um, as well as Lester and DeAndre, like you'd expect them to be commented on as leaders. And that's sort of what that, that is exactly what. Rob Hornett said, in the weight room, those guys seem to be the leaders of the team. It seemed to make sense, right? Wouldn't you say that's a good synopsis of sort of what he said? Those guys are the ones with the best base, foundational base, and they're the ones setting the tone in the weight room. Yeah, he talked, and I wrote about this some in the other story, the profile that I did on Rob, but he he talked a lot about how he teaches. how like He teaches uh, you know, strength and conditioning the way – you know, uh, uh, a teacher teaches math and he's like, you know, you gotta, you gotta start somewhere. You can't go to, you can't go to algebra before you have pre-algebra and you can't go to calculus before you have geometry. Uh, you know, so, so you gotta go in, in, in order and, you know, understandably those guys are, uh, further kind of a further along than everybody else, uh, on the team. You know, they've, they've got a, they've been in college, uh, strength and conditioning programs for most of them, what, three, four years now or more? Yeah, um, three, yeah, three so, or four for all of them. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, he he, he just, uh, that was the big takeaway on, on those guys. Um, but he also, uh, he talked, you know, there, there were interesting comments uh, about Lester Quinones and DeAndre Williams, um, Malcolm Dandridge, uh, yeah, we talked. You know, to- I should point out there was one quote that really stuck out to me with the veterans was with DeAndre Williams. He said about him in part, "quote My thing is just to keep him as healthy as possible. We want him to have a successful season and a successful career after that. 
he will play at the next level. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, feels like they're probably not there. It sounds like they're holding him back from stuff to make sure he's healthy. I mean, that <laughs> might be jumping to conclusions, but him saying, I want to make sure he's healthy. Like, it sounds like that, you know, this is a guy with a history of, you know, before last year had not made it through a season, a college basketball season healthy. Well, and he was hurt last year. I mean, he he played, I mean, I don't know if he was hurt, but but like, you know, he had some lingering issues still even last year uh, that he was able to play through. So I think that's, you know, maybe that's more of what he's talking about is, um, is just making sure that he is as healthy as they can have him throughout the course of the entire season. And if that means, you know, doing things a little bit differently, a little bit lighter, maybe, uh, then, then so be it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think, I think everybody is very motivated to make sure that Deandre Williams is as close to a hundred percent for as long as possible. in you know, in this upcoming season as they can. And it sounds like, Sam Onu, the big freshman, I believe the the quote, I won't read the whole quote, but um, Rob's quote read in part to start, he's got a long ways to go. Um, yeah. Sounds like, sounds like if you're, you know, looking for a red shirt candidate or something like that, Sam Onu might be that guy. Well, and it's not, I mean, and he, he uh, told me uh, that he's been very transparent with, with Sam uh, about, about that very thing. But I mean, let's be honest. Um, there, that position between Jalen Duran, uh, Malcolm Dandridge, Chandler Lawson, DeAndre um, Williams, all of them DeAndre can play Williams. five if you want. I mean, and and yeah, so, I mean, like, so yeah. so the point is, there's a lot of depth there, um, and and it just so happens that uh, Sam is a true freshman who hasn't been playing basketball for very long. Uh, and so there you have it. I mean, I, I think it's in his best interest and it sounds like he understands that uh, to, to, to proceed slowly, you know, take things slow. Gotcha. Interesting. Well, I encourage you all to check it, check out the full stories over at commercialpeel.com. Um, really interesting stuff. Some insight into this team a week out from the preseason. That brings us to what we I want to close today's podcast with. We are, again, a week out from the start of preseason practices. Tigers have been practicing in the offseason. We've been getting little videos trickling out, watching Amani and Larry Brown coaching and Rasheed Wallace and Penny and all the returning guy. all the reasons why everyone's so super excited for this season to start. So, Jason, real quick, I wanted to run down in your mind – some of the big storylines that, you know, we'll be monitoring this preseason and probably, frankly, going into the early part of the regular season. But um, issues isn't the right word, but things that just, you know, this if this team's going to be as good as we think it can be, if they're going to be this preseason top 10 team, they're going to have to sort out and, you know, hopefully sort out quicker than they did last year when it felt like, you know, one, they had an abbreviated offseason, but two, you know, they didn't they didn't really figure it out until eight, nine games into the year. Um, so I guess I'll go. Let's go back and forth. OK, I'm going to say my number one storyline of the preseason. Amani Bates at point guard. I think that's my yeah. number one storyline, you know, and not to say he can't do it, but he hasn't really done it in the past. And this, you know, this time right now, these offseason practices this preseason, 
this is, you know, this is where you're going to, you know, he's going to develop chemistry, those early season games, like, and he's going to have to, you know, develop it relatively quickly. Um, chemistry with the team um, and sort of figure out how he fits into this role because you don't want him to just be a distributor. You know, he's this world-class scorer, but you also don't want to have it where you don't have someone who can distribute the ball at point guard. Um, and I know they've said they're going to use multiple guys, but ultimately, you know, it feels like part of the pitch to Imani Bates was you're going to have the ball in your hands here. Um, whether it's a point guard or a score, you're going to have the ball in your hands. Um, so that's my number one storyline of the preseason. Just figuring out how that all works. Amani Bates as a point guard. So uh, how about I'll go with it's, – it's related to uh, a lot of what you just said, but chemistry. Okay. Um, you know, Team we, we talk – yeah, I mean, we think we, they're going to, they should go to like a ropes course, right? Or like, uh, you know, like some team building. Yeah. Um, I mean, I <laughs> Maybe some paint, top, go play paintball or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess the movies are kind of out right now. Um, I, I don't know if you want to be going to uh, uh, the could, bowling. We could, we could do it at the facility. Like, we don't need them seeing new movies. Like, send them to Miracle. They have, you know, bring, bring over someone, get the Miracle DVD. Show them when USA beat the Russians. You know, that could work. What about the Mighty, what about the mighty Ducks? Eh, eh, I like Miracle better. Or we need the basketball are- one. I mean, Hoosiers works. Yeah. Yeah, that's Not probably your – it begins and ends, I think, with Hoosiers. Uh, <laughs> that one's easy, but uh, you're not a Mighty Ducks fan? I like Mighty Ducks, but I like – Miracle's better. Just is. Well, the mighty, mighty Ducks – Mighty Ducks is bringing in people, you know, who don't know each other. Like, it's 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 about... You know, another one, Coach Carter, if we want a basketball one. Coach Carter would be pretty good here. Yeah. Yeah. Guys coming right. together. Yeah. All right. So, yes. But but getting back to uh, uh, the storyline is, is you know, you, you were talking about Imani Bates and how he'll, how he'll um, you know, how he'll take take to the point guard position. Uh, but what about, you know, how will the team take to Amani Bates being the point guard? How will Lester Quinones, how will uh, Alex Lomax, you know, how, how will those guys take to Amani Bates being the point guard? And then how will they, um, you know, that, despite the fact that there is, we've talked a lot about the foundation that's here and the crop of new young uh, or, or, you know, young players and transfers. I mean, there there are. You know, it sounds great. It all sounds great. There's on paper, it it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, but how how is it all going to come together when the ball when the ball tips when the ball's thrown up? Well, along those same lines, that overarching chemistry aspect of this, one of my storylines: who's the sixth man? There's a it seems to me there's a clear pecking order of a top six here with Amani Bates. Landers Nolly, Lester Quinones, DeAndre Williams, um, Jalen Duran, and Earl Timberlake. Those are your six. Who's gonna be who's gonna be the guy who's gonna be, whether he's forced to or actually okay with it, coming off the bench out of those six guys? Because ultimately, like I know the coach can say all he wants, whether it's Penny or any other coach, you know, it's about who's finishing the game, who's not who's not who's starting it. 
guys care about starting. Okay, they just do. Um, and you're going to have to navigate through that. We saw it with Boogie last year. You know, Boogie didn't necessarily seem like like he ultimately was okay coming off the bench for a while, but like we saw, like he much preferred being a starter. You know, <laughs> like um, and so um, are are they going to get the sixth guy to totally buy into this, if you will? Um, because if they can. I mean, it's just potent. It's a top six that's as good as anyone's in the country. It's just, you know, talent-wise, reputation-wise, skill set-wise, it's as good as any top six in the country, I think. And so yeah. um, figuring that out, who, how, you know, how are you going to, in terms of how you're going to make this work, who you starting, who's going to be that six guy, six man off the bench? That's, I think, well, who's I have two questions for you, uh, follow-ups. Mm-hmm. Uh so who's your sixth man out of that group? And then and then who's your seventh man? Um, well, I think I've said already, I think they should start the I think they should start the three veterans from last year. Landers, Lester, DeAndre Williams, and then you have Amani Bates at the one, Jalen Duran at the five. I think Earl Timberlake should be the sixth man, and I think Chandler Lawson is your seventh man. I think that's your those are your top very clear top seven. And then this goes into another storyline I think that's worth monitoring. What of the other freshmen are ready? You know, not yeah. like take out Amani Bates, take out Jalen Dern. We assume they're going to play given their their stock and their reputation. But of the other freshmen, whether it's Josh Minot, John Camden, uh, Jonathan Lawson, and um, Sam Onu, which of those guys are ready to contribute this year right now? Um, I think that's that's a storyline, uh, you know, worth monitoring. It would seem, if we're to judge by Rob Hornett's comments, it would seem Josh Minot is probably your top candidate for that. Um, at the same time, kind of similar positionally to Earl Timberlake, so maybe it's a di- you know I don't know. Um, this is where you know when you have this much talent, it gets you know, you're picking hair, you're, you're splitting hairs, so to speak, with some of these guys, but. What of these other freshmen are ready? I think that's a storyline to watch in uh, the preseason as well. Yeah, so. no, I, agree. I, I think, I think Josh is kind of clearly the, uh, uh, the one there. But I, I do think that Jonathan Lawson and and John Camden are going to play at least early, at least mm-hmm. in the in the early going. I think they're going to play probably more than we think they're going to play. Um, you know, and, and not to say that that mean not not that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to play significant minutes. I don't think necessarily that means they're going to average, you know, twelve minute, ten, twelve minutes a game. But uh, I do see, I do just have a feeling that those two guys are going to play probably more than some people are are thinking they might. Well, and and I think if we know Penny at all. I mean, I think a lot of these guys are going to get a shot at some point or other during the season. Penny plays a lot of guys, you know, and he goes with his gut in a lot of these instances. Like, I think, you know, even down to, like, Tyler Harris. I think a lot of these guys are going to get chances to contribute to this team this year. The question is, you know, and I thought I think we saw it during the NIT run. I do think getting it down to, like, eight to ten guys, I think you need to do that eventually. But I think yeah. you're right. Beginning of the year, I don't necessarily think you need to do that. And I think, like, like I said, I think a lot of guys are going to get a chance 
uh, to contribute to this team. All right, well, lots of time to break it all down. Like we said, preseason practices start a week from today. We're recording this on Tuesday, September 21st. So September 28th, first practice for the Memphis basketball team. Season just around the corner. We'll be here before you know it. I can't wait. Jason can't wait. I'm sure you can't wait either, given everything that's happened this pre- this offseason. Um, we'll see. Again, NIT champions, offseason champions. What's next? What's next for this Memphis basketball program? I don't know. The sky. The, the sky is the limit. We'll, we'll be chronicling it all at commercialpeel.com. Make sure you check out Jason's work. Again, check out that story about Rob Hornett as well as his comments on the Memphis basketball team at commercialpeel.com. Um, like I said, plenty more where that's coming from. Till next time, I was Mark. I was joined by Jason. Thank you so much. And uh, season's almost here. The Tiger Football Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.